Hey Houston, Khan's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building it. Visit Cons today and find out what invincible feels like. Let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no cotton down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Chicken. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about cleavage, baby Jesus, cats, donkeys, porno music, poop, and bloopers. The music for this show I recorded on the island of Bonaire. Let's get on with the show. So I took a little trip to Bonaire. Uh, I've been there before. It's a wonderful Caribbean island. Uh, I think it's, I, you know, it's all very personal, but uh, I think it's one of the best. They've got like 15,000 flamingos as the biggest flock in the Western Hemisphere. There's very little crime, no stop signs, wild donkeys, <laughs> big iguanas. Uh, I I just think it's uh, it has a really nice feel to it, right? Okay, so uh, the one of the first days I was there, uh, I wanted to take pictures with Herman. You know, Herman lives! <laughs> I've been taking pictures of Herman, and it's been fun. It's just, uh, he's taken on a life of his own. So there was a iguana near the hotel I was staying in, and uh, I was trying to figure out how to get Herman in the picture with the uh, iguana. So there were these tiki torches. And I thought, well, I can just like kind of perch Herman up there on the tiki torch. And so then I'm taking the pictures. They ended up not turning out that good because Herman, you could see fine, but you really couldn't see the big iguana. He was too far away. That's that. But I noticed that, you know, it was a tiki torch. So when I took Herman off, uh, he was a little dirty, you know, from ash or charcoal. And uh, so I went and washed Herman off in the shower. And then I went to have lunch. And this handsome restaurant owner uh, came over to chat. And we were having a very nice chat. I was enjoying talking to him. He was from there. And uh, I was wearing a swimsuit that had, it wasn't low cut. uh, And I'm a little well endowed. What it is, is it's actually high cut, but there's a slit down like sort of a cleavage area. So it's only a small slit there. But you know, it's it's not showy per se, but it's it's a cute swimsuit. So uh, we're chatting. And then I didn't realize until I got back into my room that I guess when I picked up Herman off of the tiki torch with the charcoal ash, I guess I dropped some in my cleavage and uh, <laughs> it had made a giant black circle, 
like a bullseye right in the middle of my cleavage that I didn't know was there when I was talking to the cute owner restaurant guy. <laughs> so basically, uh, I had charcoal boobs. He was probably thinking, what is that big black circle there? Um, you know, you know, charcoal boobs, very attractive. I'm thrilled to say that this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase is sponsored by Autoslash. Autoslash is the number one site for cheap car rentals. I was doing a little research online and Phil wrote, I was skeptical, but Autoslash found me a deal 40% lower than anything I could find. Then to top it off, within a week, they found me an even better deal. I use them every time now and each time Autoslash has come through with a stellar deal. Should give it a try on your next booking. It's at www.autoslash.com slash Betty. That was www.autoslash.com slash Betty. So yesterday I'm standing in the back galley and this uh, senior citizen gentleman who I, who I believe was on the verge of some dementia uh, and his caretaker daughter was with him every minute of the flight uh, came up to me and said you work here <laughs> and I said yes sir I do I work here I just kind of ask you a question I said you go right ahead he said um, long time ago flight attendants used to be so pretty what happened? <laughs> so I said, well, uh, we have gotten older. I said, there are still younger flight attendants, but the yeah. younger ones have gotten older. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> and then if I recall, he said something like, well, you're okay. <laughs> so he's like, you're okay. Yeah. Because, oh, and then there was a man... There was a man right standing right by him who said to him, you're not going to get any snacks saying that kind of stuff. I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. Um, when you're working in first class, uh, the airline, well, when you're working international, the airline boards you a first class meal on international flights, which is nice. So you get the same basic tray that the passengers get and... Um, what's ever left of the entree so that the passengers can get a choice. So uh, when you're working in first class, well, first the pilots get their choice of what's left. And then the people who are working in first class get their choice. And then the people in coach get what's left. So that's sort of like the hierarchy of <laughs> the, the, the meals on the plane. And when you're working in first class, if you want something uh, especially if you're going on first break, maybe you don't want to eat it till you get up. So you write your name. They come in a little tin for the oven and then there's uh, cardboard on top. So you can write your name on something. Like if you want the shrimp, you can write your name if you want the chicken. And so uh, I was going on first break and we had this curry chicken and I love curry. So I definitely wanted the chicken and I was excited that there was one left, you know, that the passengers didn't all take it. So I'm like uh, saying to the flight attendant up there, I'm going to write my name on this chicken. And then I looked down and I wrote chicken <laughs> instead of Betty. And I showed them, I'm like, look what I just wrote on this chicken. Like that was not going to save my chicken to write chicken on the chicken. <laughs> But the funny part about my mistake was for the rest of the trip, they kept calling me chicken. They're like, hey, chicken. 
<laughs> Have chicken do it. <laughs> Another flight attendant told me a story of a gal on an international flight from Europe to New York who, after uh, they departed the gate, marched herself up to the business class cabin and sat herself down onto the lap of a married man. And then Does later... No, she did not know him. Just wandered up there. And so they escorted her back. And um, then she proceeded to, uh, while fully clothed, masturbate in front of the entire cabin in the back where she had been seated. And so they hustled her to the crew rest. This is back in the day when we had the crew rest upstairs. Oh, with, the with the curtain, yeah, around the seat. So they hustled her in there and, and just closed her in and gave her some bottled water, sat her down. and. And so they checked on her a few minutes later. Now they had already gone to the cockpit and told him, the captain about the incident about the lap and said, do you want to take her back to the gate and remove her? And the captain said, oh, no, no, you're, she'll be fine. You know, just get her back to her seat. Well, so now she's in the crew rest area. I was going to her... say, what, what are you leaving her? What's she going to do in there? <laughs> so she's, so the, 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 somebody went back. I guess the, this customer service coordinator went back and checked on her. To see how she was doing and she had taken that bottle of water and doused herself and then stripped out of her clothes she was sitting in there buck naked so doused herself like flash with the water yeah <laughs> so so she said i took i took the clothes to the back alley to hang them up so they can start to dry and gave her a blanket <laughs> and she said she went up and called the captain and had him come back and she, of course, didn't want anything to do with the blank. So she's sitting in there nude. And so the flight attendant, the purser called him back and said, I want you to look at this. Yeah. And she just kind of pulled the curtain back enough the captain could peek in. And he just, his eyes, she said, bugged out. And she says, and you didn't want to go back to the gate, okay? <laughs> so they left her in there the rest of the flight, I guess. Well, they finally got the clothes dry, got her dressed back into her seat for landing. They had already called the authorities to meet the flight. The Port Authority came down the aisle and everybody had to remain seated. She was all the way in the back of the plane. And uh, she, she said, well, there are some psychiatric issues, but the flight attendant told me that the Port Authorities was back there like for 15 seconds, looked up the aisle and gave the, the gesture with the yeah, finger yeah. around the ear that crazy. she's crazy. So they hauled her off, but yeah. But the they found out what had transpired in her mind was during this flight, it was a miraculous, really long flight apparently, um, she was impregnated by the baby Jesus and then later gave birth to the baby Jesus while on our flight. Oh, so that's why she yeah. had to... Uh... That's why she was, yes had to douse herself with the water and strip down because she was having a baby in there. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I find that when you first get to a place, you usually uh, encounter some hiccups. So I, my plan for this trip was to not rent a car because it's cheaper. And uh, I booked a hotel that was less expensive because it was not on the ocean. It didn't have ocean access. It was on a canal, but uh, it said on the website that it had a shuttle to the beach. So I kind of thought, well, I can walk to town from there. There's a shuttle to the beach. I don't have to rent a car. That sounds, you know, 
groovy because the more money I can save, the more trips I can take. So I get there and I want to get um, some groceries for the week. So I decide to walk to town and uh, it's very hot there. Um, There's usually a nice breeze. So that helps. I mean, I shouldn't say breeze. It's very windy on Bonaire. (laughs) But uh, uh, if you're not in the wind, it gets very hot. So I'm walking, uh, you know, it's a hot walk. <laughs> and I find the grocery store and it's closed. It closed at four o'clock and it's like, darn. So I asked some locals where another grocery store was and I kind of got turned around. But then uh, I didn't have cell service. I'm supposed to have cell service with my account, but and it works in Europe. It works other places in the Caribbean, but it didn't seem to work there. So I couldn't like Google where I was or anything. So uh, I find the store. Woohoo. And I wanted to buy some uh, things for the week because this way, again, I guess I'm cheap, but uh, it's cheap for a reason because this way I can take more trips. So I don't want to eat out three meals a day. So again, so I could take more trips. So I bought some like egg salad and some cheese and some salami. You know, this way I can make some meals uh, without having to eat out every time because the restaurants are, I wouldn't say it's expensive. It's more expensive than here. There you go. So I had gotten turned around because it wasn't where I was planning to go. So I was kind of unclear which way to get back to my hotel. So I asked someone at the grocery store, uh, mistake, I should have asked a local, but I just was talking with another tourist, uh, but they had been there. And I said, which way uh, is the ocean? Because I could then orient which way to go. And they said, oh, it's that way. And I was like, great. So then I'm walking and I'm walking and I'm thinking, oh, Oh, no, this doesn't look right. Um, I basically walked 30 minutes the wrong way in this hot walk. <laughs> I asked a local and he was like, you are nowhere near where you want to go. You're on your way to Sorbonne or Lac Bay. And if you've ever been there, you can realize I didn't think I could manage to get lost. It's not that big an island, but uh, <laughs> I did. Basically, I was an hour out of the way, and I was very hot when I got back. And then I also realized when I got back that I didn't pick up any plastic silverware. And um, I was in a hotel, not like a, a rental where they have plates or spoons or anything. And uh, I was trying to like look around the room. What can I use for a spoon? And I was trying to like managed to use the lid from the egg salad thing, which wasn't optimal. (laughs) So the next day, I take the shuttle to the beach. And then I quickly realized the shuttle was only uh, one time going over and one time going back, and it really wasn't going to work. So I ended up walking the hot walk back from the beach. But when I got to the beach, uh, there weren't any beach chairs or any way to rent a beach chair. But um, there was a wood pallet that had washed up. (laughs) I kind of put my stuff on the wood pallet. Not exactly, uh, again, optimal. But uh, (laughs) I look down from my wood pallet slash beach chair and see a spoon, a plastic spoon there, like magically in the sand. And I'm looking at it going, is that ridiculous to pick up this used spoon on the beach, but I need a spoon. And I don't want to walk all the way back to the grocery store. So (laughs) I picked up that spoon. And you know, I know that probably sounds gross, but I washed it. I washed it good at the room. I I ended up, I kept forgetting the next few times I was at the grocery store to pick up a spoon. So I ended up using that (laughs) found in the sand spoon the rest of the week. Okay, so you have a saying? Happy 
wife happy life happy flight attendant happy flight I'm just saying <laughs> I'd like to thank any of you who were so kind when you were going to buy something on Amazon you went to my website bettyinthesky.com click through any of the Amazon or my book links and uh, you don't pay anymore and it supports the show and I like to see what people buy so this past month somebody bought how big how blue how beautiful I like this one Poopery in a pinch pack toilet spray. Poopery in a pinch pack. <laughs> and then this was the best one. I actually had to click on this because all it said was floral penis pattern. And I'm like, floral penis pattern. That's hard to say. Floral penis pattern. Floral penis pattern. Floral penis pattern. <laughs> so I, I clicked on it. And I was thinking, are they condoms with a floral pattern? But they were socks. Floral penis pattern socks. <laughs> they didn't look at, I don't know why there was penis in there. They just look like uh, floral socks. <laughs> so thank you so much if you went to my website uh, when you were going to buy something on Amazon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Stretch seven six. So it's two hundred people in the back for bathrooms. Yes. People are coming up to me and said, excuse me, this bathroom, this person have been in for 35 minutes. I timed it. And I said, okay, fine. I timed it. They, they were standing alone, right? So I'm banging on the door and said, excuse me, are you okay? Nothing. I do it again. Then I said, turn around and say to the people all in line, I said, I have to get some assistance before I go in there. Because, you know, I thought I'd find a dead body or something. So I go up to the person, because it's right behind first class yeah. on this one too. And... I said, you've got to come with me. So she knocks on the door, does the same thing. Then she opens the door. This guy, a grown man, is sitting on the floor playing with his cat and has his computer on the lid of the bathroom. And she said, and it was not a kitty. It was a big cat, yeah. And I said, he was legal. I mean, he had it in the cage. He was supposed, and we checked it out. He was on the list, you know. But I said, so she said to him, I said, you've got to come out. There's a huge line of people waiting for the restroom. She's thinking it's like his playroom. His private playroom. <laughs> I said that to him later on. But first, he's, so, you know, we closed the door. He said, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll be out. Well, about 10 minutes later, people are coming up to me. said, he still hasn't come out. So this time I get another flight attendant. And she bangs against the door, opens it. Of course, he never answers when you bang against the door. He's still hanging out there. She said, you come out right now. This You can't do that. So he said, oh, I'm sorry. And we said, we're not even closing the door until you come out, okay? It's right by the first two seats. So they watched the whole thing. They timed it too. And everybody said, oh, my God. People were coming up to me later on who were in line to the back looking for me. said, has that ever happened before? I said, no, it has not ever happened before to me. This one just spent some quality time with his cat. My trip to Bonaire wasn't really like an a adventure trip, you know, or like uh, my normal type travel. This was going to be my idea for this was it was a quote unquote, if you call it work trip. <laughs> Good work if you can get it, because I, my uh, I was wanting to write uh, more of the tar collection, um, the third one, Marjo the Only. And going on a trip like that uh, can be a great place to write because there's not as many distractions. And I like to snorkel. So my idea was, um, you know, set up on the beach somewhere and then uh, write, snorkel, write, snorkel, write, snorkel. <laughs> that was the plan. 
again, I don't think my choice of hotel, because I was trying to be um, money conscious, was the best because I wasn't on the beach. So that kind of doesn't work with the right snorkel, right snorkel, right snorkel. So um, I was trying to figure out a way to uh, get this down. So I ended up renting a car because that hot walking just wasn't working. It was like, oh, I'm not going to want to do this all week. So I rented a car. So now I my whole um, save money is out the window because I should have just stayed somewhere on the ocean because <laughs> now I have to rent a car. So anyway, here it is trying to make the best of things. Got my car rental. But, I, you know, it's much easier to write uh, if you have a chair on the beach, you know. Um, so I thought, okay, I will rent a – not you couldn't rent a chair. I will buy some cheap beach chairs, and then, you know, I'll leave them here. So, you know, just trying to get this worked out so I can write snorkel, write snorkel, write snorkel. And uh, <laughs> so I go, I found some beach chairs, and like there were some fancy ones with bells and whistles with drink holders and stuff. And I thought, well, I don't really need that. I just need basic chairs. So I, I got the one that seemed, it was a little less, and uh, and then there was like a small one, and I thought, well, I'll get that one to put my stuff on. So now I'll have a chair, a place to put my stuff, and I'll be set, right? Great, right? I'll be able to write, snorkel, write, snorkel, write, snorkel. And uh, I get to the beach, and I there weren't any pictures on the chairs, right? It's those ones that fold up, and then they're in like a little sack, you know, uh, like a camp chair. And I open it up, and wah, wah, wah. Uh, the reason why it was less expensive, it was, it was a child chair, a child chair. And then the littler one that I got, it's like a baby chair, toddler chair. So now I've got a kid and a toddler chair. So this is not working out for my right snorkel, right snorkel, right snorkel. <laughs> and I was laughing because I thought if anybody's watching me, they were thinking, why does this grown woman have some teeny tiny chairs on the beach? <laughs> it's like I almost bought Herman. <laughs> I, I, I really meant it on purpose so I could buy Herman his own beach chair. We were getting off the airplane, and everybody was off the airplane, and the flight attendant said, Oh my God, somebody's teeth are on the seat. Somebody had left their teeth on the seat. So we had to pick him up with napkins, and we brought him out like, somebody brought, you know, forgot their teeth. How do you, how do you forget your you teeth? You notice. You pull them out. I mean, you're going to notice when yeah. you don't have your whole jaw in there. And then the other time, I had a baby that was left on the seat. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my God, somebody left their baby. And I'm carrying him out, and the mom is running back. <laughs> she thought the husband had it in the baby carrier. Yeah. So she was happy that I found the baby. I ran into some smart wildlife while on Bonaire. <laughs> there was a, I was driving to Sorbonne and there was a donkey in the road. I purposely, he seemed to be purposely in the road. And then what I realized was, oh, I pulled over to take a picture of the, the wild donkey. And so did other buddy, everybody else. And it happened to be cruise day. There's a giant cruise ship, two giant cruise ships there. So uh, I don't know if the donkey knows the cruise schedule, but this was the optimal time for him to be in the road. Because what he must have learned over time is if he stands in the road, tourists will pull over to take a photo and then 
Uh, he seems to let you pet him and everything. And then if you have anything in the car, most likely you're going to give the donkey something to eat. So uh, that's a smart game plan for a wild donkey. And then another animal, there were these big iguanas at the hotel. At one point, there was one under my my uh, pool chair. See, I did have that. I had a nice pool chair. <laughs> uh, so it was. I had been, you know, excited about taking pictures with the of the iguana and trying to get close and they would scatter. And then here's one comes right up under my, my pool chair. <laughs> I put that on Instagram. Anyway, um, so these iguanas, I was asking the cute, nice local guy, hey, so what is with the iguanas? There seems to be a lot more here at the hotel. And he said, oh yeah, that's because they're smart. Because uh, the locals will catch and eat the iguanas and uh, if they're at a hotel, then the iguanas have figured out that the locals don't have access to them. So you'll find the bigger iguanas at near at or near the grounds of hotels because this way they're safe. What does iguana taste like? And of course, he was like, tastes like chicken. He's like, no, it really, really tastes like chicken. You could do a test right next to it, a blind test, and you'd probably say it was chicken. And he said it's very popular uh, in Bonaire to have uh, iguana soup. <laughs> I was commuting to work, and this flight attendant told me that she uh, was during the boarding process, and this older man came up to her and said, um, you know, this boarding music, it it reminds me of old porno music. And she's thinking, hmm, I don't know what to say to that. Then he said, I'm starting to get a feeling. And she was like, oh, I'm out. See you later. <laughs> I don't want to be around the older guy who's starting to get a feeling. <laughs> Well, when you first start your initial training, they always tell you to check under your bed, yes. open your door, yeah. prop your door open with your suitcase, and check under your bed, check behind in the curtain, in case there's somebody hiding. in your room hiding, stalking, whatever. So, I'm a new flight attendant. I do that. I prop the door open. I go check behind the curtain. I'm feeling the wall, making sure nobody's back there. I look under my bed, and I <laughs> there was a pair of white patent leather shoes under my bed. <laughs> so all I could think was there was some seven-year-old man sleeping in my bed the night before. <laughs> so they just left the shoes. Yes. <laughs> so guess what? My audiobook for The Tar Maker is out. The Tar Maker, an Icelandic adventure, the tar collection, book two is out. But guess what? It turns out it's been out. Uh, it's been out for a good while, and I didn't know it because I kept searching. Um, I kept looking at the Amazon listing for the Tar Maker, and you know, it has the Kindle edition, and then there's no audio edition. And I'm thinking, man, this is just taking forever. Like, what is going on? So I emailed people, and they finally got back to me, and they said, no, here, see, here's a link. It is out. It's on Amazon. And I'm like, well, why doesn't it show it on the page? And they said, oh, it's its its own listing, which means you have to search like Betty Thesky and Amazon to find it, like scroll down, then you see the audio, which is um not optimal. <laughs> like it should be on the same page that the Kindle edition is on. So they said they are going to correct it, but I don't know how long that's going to take. So right now it is out, 
but it's not on the same page as the Kindle edition. So you basically have to search Betty Thesky or the Tar Maker and then scroll down and then you see the audio version. So yeah, that's not optimal, but they are going to fix it. And uh, it's the cheapest, uh, the cheapest price is on Amazon, but it's also available on Audible and iTunes. Oh, I hope you like it. Uh, it took me forever to record it in the closet. <laughs> I mean, so many mistakes. Here's some bloopers. Hear me out, please. I'm just asking you to sell 20 doses. If you're not going to be a dealer anymore, what what does it make? What matter? Amelia said, this spot alone justifies tourists coming to here. She was starting to panic. She needed to tell him something. Oh, it'd be so freeing to tell him, to be honest for once. A month. We're close to Wadison. We're close to Wadison. We're close to Wadison. I killed So I'm in Lima. Yeah. And they had to clean the airplane really fast. So they throw everybody on board, and I see this pair of shoes. I'm like, oh my God, they forgot to take these shoes. So they close the door, and the man comes to the bathroom. Out of the bathroom, they've already armed the doors, they've shut the doors, and his shoes are gone. Because I had thought they were from the last Another flight. Point. Yeah, so he had no shoes for the whole flight. So you stole his shoes. I stole his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this story definitely goes under uh, too much information, too personal. But uh, it is a weird part of my job. So I was ter- this was a terribly embarrassing story and I, I should probably never speak of it again like it never happened. But it happened. Okay, so uh, coming in to the United States from Amsterdam and uh, you get this message which you never want which means um, that you're getting drug tested. And I don't mean you never want because I'm worried about um, them finding drugs in my system because there's no drugs in my system. But I don't like it because you have to then not, you just got to pee. So you can't, they tell, they call you, well, they tell the pilot. So it's like an hour and a half out. So basically your game plan, if you don't want to be at the airport for hours and hours, is to not drink anything for the last hour and a half, which is difficult um, because, you know, it's, you get dehydrated on the plane, and then all of a sudden you really, really have to go, and you don't want to go because if you go, you might be sitting in that room for a long time because you can't go, and you have to go a certain amount. You have to pee a certain amount. Oh, so I'm like, okay, great, it's my turn, fine. You know, it's part of the job. I, you know, I've been doing this for years. Okay, I'll go pee in a jar, fine. Um, but as I. I, I was getting increasingly uncomfortable because I felt like my stomach was really sticking out because I really had to pee. And it's funny when someone tells you you can't pee, how you really, 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 really want to pee. <laughs> okay, so I get through customs and immigration, and then I, I had to go many concourses away. And, you know, I'm going to miss my commuter flight. Uh, I don't want to miss the next one after that, you know, just because of this peeing in a bottle. So as I'm um, on the train, going from concourse to concourse, I'm realizing that I also really have to go number two. Now, this is um, something I've never considered before. I've never thought about whether I can do one without the other, or or if, if it's possible to do one without the other as a woman. Like, uh, I wondered, can I go to the bathroom and try to go number two? And 
keep holding in number one? Or then am I going to go both of them and then I'm not going to be able to pee and then I'm going to have to wait for two hours and miss another flight. So this was a conundrum. And I'm thinking, Hoy. and I'm telling myself, I've got control of things. I can probably do this. I've never tried it before, but I can do it. And the reason why it's a big problem is when you get drug tested, you're not allowed to flush because they're they're, they're afraid you're going to tamper with your pee somehow. So you have to go in there and not flush. So then I was thinking, oh my gosh, how horrible it would be to go in there and have to go number two. And then if it's a guy or a girl, it's going to have to go in there and see that I did that. And how rude is that? That's just rude. It's terrible. It's wrong. It is wrong. So I'm telling myself, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. So I get there. We fill out the forms. It's a man. He gives me my cup to go in and he's like, remember, don't flush. And I'm like, yeah, don't flush, don't flush, don't flush. Because your natural inclination is to flush because you always flush. But in this circumstance, no flush. So I've got like a little sweat going because I'm thinking, okay, you could do it. You could do it. You could do it. (laughs) What kind of weird ass job do I have that this is part of my work day? So I go in there and I position the cup and I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it without the other part accompanying it. And I really have to go number two. And I'm in there just like contemplating, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? Should I go out and say I can't go? And then I'm going to go to the bathroom and then I'm going to come back because that's going to look suspicious, like tampering with. Um, anyway, so I decide, okay, I, I don't have a choice. So I go number two and I can go number one. But now I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do. Like, um, I thought, I know, I'll make like a fort of toilet paper over the offensive material. This way I won't have to be embarrassed. Maybe he won't even have to know that I went number two. So I'm, you know, I'm putting like, I'm making, I'm covering all the evidence up, right? And uh, get the pantyhose back on. I'm feeling, okay, okay, I think I dodged this poop bullet. (laughs) I think I've, I think I've done. And I open the door and the man's eyes are wide. And he's like, what are you doing? That, that it has to be a certain temperature. The pee, if the pee is, what took you so long? If you don't, if that, you're going to have to do it again. If the, and he hurried up and put the thermometer. Yes, put a thermometer and the pee. And he was like, you just made it. What were you doing in there? And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so glad there wasn't anybody else in the room. Can you imagine if there were other people in the room? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I had, I had to go number two. <laughs> It's like so humiliating. And he goes, well, that's okay. That's natural. I'm like, it's not natural for me to have someone inspect and see my poop. That's not natural. And he goes, yeah, but I see it once a day. And I'm like, you see it once a day? Like, what kind of weird ass job does he have that he's having to see people's poop once a day? (laughs) The whole thing was crazy. Well, that's about it for this episode of Chicken in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye.
she's a podcast queen. She's wearing. 